0: Well, hello, and welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm Christy Walsh, and uh, we've been thinking about lots of different kinds of waves to surf on the show. And some of you sensitive types out there might have been experiencing new waves lately of creativity and inspiration and activation and, in general, more access to energy. Um, It sometimes comes with a lot of confusing waves since many of us... Have been asking for more vibes. And when the new energy starts to flow, we're like, what is going on? And then there's the scramble backwards, um, which is kind of what we seem to do. So, you know, we asked for the big wave. Now it's time to surf it. So, to help us out with this on the show today, we're going to be talking to uh, Kathy McConnell, who is our special guest star surfer today. And she's going to be uh, helping us surf the healing waves. And Kathy is what I would call an energy healer. She's been surfing these waves for over 20 years with the hands-on practice of rolfing and cranial sacral therapy, among many other modalities. And during this last pandemic year, Kathy has had new and unexpected activations that have occurred where she is surfing new waves with long-distance energy healings. And uh, her poetic writing has just sort of taken off. Um, So welcome, Kathy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you, Christy. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here, surfing the psychic waves with us today. So I'd love to hear what waves you're surfing right now and like what's happening in the psychic energy surf today for you.
1: Well, for me, today's theme is water. Uh, I pulled a few tarot cards this morning just to check on my energy, and three out of four of them were water cards, And I thought to myself, well, that's a coincidence, because I'm going to be surfing with Christy later
0: on. So here we are, water. Here we are. So what are you focusing right now on your spiritual practice? Obviously, uh, rolfing and hands-on body work has been um, a lot of what you've been doing over the last couple of years, but it's been more than that, I think,
1: yeah, so the, the spiritual practice today, since um, things have shifted from the COVID and from my, my manual hands-on therapy to a non-hands-on spiritual practice,
0: I guess that's what your question was. Yeah, so what has that been like for you, um, just moving into sort of the non-hands-on space and uh, doing okay. long distance
1: Well, that was a shock. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, I, I can remember one of my teachers a long time ago saying, "Who would you be if you couldn 't touch people?" And my mouth kind of went open, and I thought to myself, "That could never happen." And lo and behold, it did so um, um, so I had to figure out the, the day that they shut down my practice in March 2020, I had to figure out what to do with myself uh, until I could restart my practice, and little did we know it wasn't going to be a month, but it was going to be over a year. Uh, So luckily at the time, I was in the middle of a year-long workshop that was uh, focused around meditation and um, rituals on the Tarot cards, one at a time. It was a workshop being led by my teacher Pamela Ekins. So I did a lot, a lot of meditating, and downloads, and automatic writing, and channeling of beings that I'm not even sure who they are. Um, <laughs> I like that. But it, yeah. yeah, because yeah, I think yeah, so it came out.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I think this is really good to hear. I think a lot of us out out in the surf are very sensitive and we sort of get pulled into different directions. And it's hard to know which part is uh, going off the deep end or just enjoying this sort of spiritual uh, wave that's sort of coming to you and interacting with it. And um, it sounds like you're able to use the tarot in a different way than uh, I think a lot of folks um, sort of when they first start with the tarot, they kind of just pull a card. And then now you're in this state where you're um, pulling a card, but it's it's a lot more meditative and uh, it's different kinds mm-hmm. of guidance. So maybe you could talk right. a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, that that's basically my spiritual practice most of the time is I use the cards to open a portal to whatever archetype wants to make itself known in my imagination. That's the way I look at it. Um, so so what we were doing in this, in this workshop, it was uh, uh, basically learning how to channel using different rituals um, to get you into that mind space kind of trance-like state of being able to, to uh, translate information coming into your mind through your hands and onto the paper with a pen. Um, so I, I just, as a fact, matter of fact, this morning I was looking through my old notes, my old book that I used for the channeling, and I'm always like in awe when I see what I wrote because I don't remember writing any of it, and it's really um, uh, it's coming from some kind of intelligence that's not, that's not my own. It belongs to somebody bigger than me. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I
0: love that because mm-hmm. I have found over the years that it becomes all one thing. So you're moving from, let's say, f- pulling a physical tarot card to the automatic writing, where you're not—you're using your non-dominant hand usually, and it just sort mm. of starts going. And and like you say, you look back, you're like, don't even remember. Um, but maybe you could. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the rolfing and and kind of that earth energy that uh, you get to tap into because it seems like it's all related. Yes.
1: Uh, I started, I I had a career before I started doing any kind of body work. I used to be an escrow officer, so I worked with numbers and papers and legal stuff. Um, And I started to realize that I wasn't going to, that wasn't going to keep me going all the way until the end of my life. And I started looking around and thought, oh, I want to do physical therapy. I don't know why I thought that, but it just came to me. And then I found out how difficult it was going to be to get into physical therapy school. And I decided to go to massage school instead. And I had never even had a massage in my life. So that was kind (laughs) of weird. (laughs) Um, and while I was in massage school, and I was I still had a full time job, so I did it at night. I met a lot of um, Rolfers in the school. They were the teachers. They, a lot of uh, several of the teachers were also Rolfers. And one of the people I hooked up with, I got a Rolfing series. And if anybody out there doesn't know about Rolfing, I'll explain it in a second here. Um, but so, so I so I got interested, decided to do the training. Um, I, training turned out to be a lot longer than I, a lot longer and more difficult than I thought it was going to be. So I took four years to save enough money to be able to not worry about money. Um, and that's what started my bodywork career was the training in Rolfing. And I attended the Rolf Institute training in Brazil, which was a lot wow. of fun. Wow. Yeah. It was about 20 weeks split up into two pieces. Um, in Brazil, one in the winter and one in the summer. <laughs> so, um, rolfing is a, a system of working with the body, focusing on fascia, which is the connective tissue network in your body, most modalities, like rolfing is the main thing that works with fascia, um, to reshape the body. And uh, put you in better alignment with gravity, and the results of that usually opens your eyes to new and different things. Um, depending yeah, so on the, who you are, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the fascia we've heard a lot about. I think in the last couple of years, as as being something to work on or look at or mm-hmm. do something about. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I think you found that it's a little bit more um, deep and more subtle. Energies are s- sort of blowing through the fascia.
1: Yeah. Well, fascia is more popular now than it used to be. That's for sure. I think one of the reasons it wasn't studied very much is because it's so difficult to, extract the fascial system from anything else it's not like the circulatory system where you can see blood pumping through the veins and you know that kind of stuff it's everywhere fascia is like every membrane Um, so if you took everything if you removed every part of your body except for the fascia you would still be a whole human being um it's just like a it's it's like the matrix or a spider web of your whole self and it carries electricity it's electrical and it's also moldable and um, over time depending on your emotional state or your injuries um where you protect yourself the fascia pulls in and tightens and then habitual movement keeps you rigid and stuck in certain ways, so we go in there with our fingers and kind of loosen that up, so you can stand up straighter, and then look around and go, "Oh, there's more to the world than I thought there was." Yeah, That's what I like to look at it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of opening up yeah. your experience, I guess, with everything around you. Mm-hmm. And then, what about the connection to the ground on certain psychic ways? Where half the time we're in meditation and we're connecting to the the earth with this grounding cord and we're doing all this stuff in meditation oh, right, but, but right. what does that sort of mean to you when I say, you know, we're going to ground or we're going to connect to the earth or, uh, you know, well, gravity yeah,
1: okay. all of that yes, gravity, gravity, gravity that is what rolfing is all about we just love gravity and gravity loves us back <laughs> <laughs> Um that was the brilliant the, the person who developed Rolfing her name was Ida Rolf and that was the brilliance behind her her new system was to incorporate a theme that's bigger than just the body and what bigger theme can you get but gravity you know the universe wouldn't exist without gravity we would it, Gravity is form. Gravity is what keeps everything in motion. I mean, it's, it's like everything you can think of. And so there's a lot of ways to um, relate to gravity. And one way I like to relate to it is, is gravity is love. So yeah. you, so you um, realize that if you gave up everything and let gravity flow, through you, almost like water. Um, It's loving you and it's it's also here to keep you on the ground, on the earth, to let you know this is where you belong.
0: Gravity is telling you, you belong here. That's so great. Maybe you should say that one more time. (laughs) Gravity
1: is your... Your guide or your mother telling you you belong, gravity's message is you belong here. Um, If you have weight, you know, if you have any kind of weight, if we can measure your physical form, this is where you belong.
0: That's so great.
1: Yeah, so that sort of reminds me of this poem I wrote. Um, And I I started writing a series of poems, one for each of the rolfing sessions. Rolfing is done over a series of ten sessions, typically. And each session has a theme, and um, the sessions build on each other until you finally reach the the end where you're like the sun shining for everybody. But this is um, session two, is about connecting to the ground and really really feeling gravity in your body and uh so i'll read you this it's called loving gravity what if you could meet the ground beneath your feet let go your fear of letting go drop the blocks that keep you boxed clear a pathway of connection Reimagine the spring in your step. Here's how. Take off your shoes. Open the eyes of your feet. Let gravity flow through. Allow the earth to love you back.
0: Ah, oh, that's great.
1: Yeah, so you can get this all through fascia.
0: <laughs> wow. So it sounds like you've done more than just Ralphing and um, sort of incorporating other modalities into your hands-on practice. And um, mm-hmm. I think we'll take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about how kind of these different modalities are sort of feeding into, um, you know, a distance healing type of experience. So stay tuned, surfers. We'll be right back. Hey, I would love to hear what waves you are surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call. 1-760-456-7277 That number again, 1-760-456-7277 Surfing the Healing Waves today with special guest star surfer, Kathy McConnell. Uh, Kathy McConnell is an energy healer, and we've been hearing different ways that she works with energy and how she experiences uh, different things happening to her on an energetic level. And we've recently heard some of her travels through rolfing, but I know it's much more than that. So welcome back, Kathy. Hi. Hi. So I'd love to get into a little bit more about... Um, your overall spiritual practice, I know we talked about Ralph Fing, but i I think it's there's a, l- a couple more components there um having to do with uh Chinese medicine elements and and some other modalities, so maybe you could talk about that
1: okay, let me start with uh I, you might crown me the workshop queen <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love to learn. I love to be in workshops with people experiencing, you know, dramatic changes and shifts and, and, um, mostly with touch therapies. So I've, I've been formally trained in Rolfing and I've also taken a long extensive foundational training in craniosacral therapy, which (laughs) seems like it would be the opposite of Rolfing because it's a very, very light touch, um, but it goes with rolfing so nicely, and when I started learning that, it helped uh, me open up my perceptual field to to the point where um, I was feeling a lot more by lightening up on my touch. Um, at first, I didn't believe in energy work. Even though I was doing it and I was practicing it, I didn't believe in it. <laughs>
0: No. <laughs> that's like classic psychic person right there. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all think that, you know, we have these abilities and then we doubt ourselves or just dismiss them. And yet we do them anyway. <laughs> so in spite of yourself, right. you're doing it. I love it. Despite love it.
1: myself. Despite myself. Yeah. And I used to think I would meet people who would call themselves energy healers. And I'd just roll my eyes and go, oh, that's so fake." But little did I know, <laughs> I was uh, criticizing my future self. Um, so anyway, so I've had a, a lot of craniosacral training, and I also uh, had a great opportunity to start learning Chinese medicine about 10 years into my practice. Um, I, I was, um, I'm also, okay, I love bodies, and I love movement. I'm a movement person. I like exploring, you know, how how to get the flow and and, uh, sort of uh, disengage your conscious mind and just let your body do whatever it wants to do, right? Yeah. And um, I was also interested in learning Qigong, which is a, a Chinese martial art that's focused on developing qi or energy. Um, So I was able to take a great qigong class, medical qigong class at an acupuncture school over in Oakland. Uh, That's what got me started with learning about Chinese medicine. Got really into elements and running the energies of the different energies of the elements through my body. And that's where I learned to work with color because, uh, you know, certain meridians are associated with certain colors. So you imagine the color while you're moving, and then that'll stimulate the qi in that particular organ pair. Um, after I finished that uh, medical qigong training, I was very lucky to be able to take a training in five-element theory for a five-element acupuncture class, I didn't have to learn how to use needles, luckily, and I just was able to learn five-element acupuncture theory, which is a little bit different from traditional Chinese medicine, which is the, the way most acupuncturists practice. Um, so
0: so, so it's the five-element uh, sort of theory. A little bit more on the spiritual end of things, or? Right, right. Chinese medicine, well, okay, this guy, his last name is Worsley. I
1: can't remember his first name. Um, the Cultural Revolution in China happened, and the communists took over and decided to make acupuncture mechanical and like fix it work as opposed to spiritual. So this guy named Worsley studied a lot of acupuncture from people that had fled China during the Cultural Revolution and had been able to maintain the spiritual sort of shamanic aspects of acupuncture without, you know, because the, the communists yeah. in kind China of were trying to um, keep it down. Got it. They were trying to bury it like they did uh, in Russia. They buried all the religious people, all the spiritual practitioners. Um, so anyway, it's really it's really big. It's it's so big. It's not like oh I have a headache, fix me with some needles. It's more like oh I'm having a you know problem connecting with God. Put a needle there and that'll help me you know <laughs> pull the string whatever. So um, yeah. So the, it, every every single acupuncture point has an energy behind it. And if you're going to learn how to do the practice, you end up memorizing every single point on the body, which is a lot. yeah, <laughs> you know but they all have yeah. these funny names, Spirit gate and yeah, really good names for these points.
0: So how um, so do you bring it all together? It seems like there's been like this overarching theme
1: um I think. Well, in this system of Chinese medicine, the the five-element theory, my orienting element is earth. So I'm really solidly planted in the earth, and I'm very solidly uh, exploring the material aspect of the human experience, which is the body. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff that I'm doing over... The last since 1958, when I was born, um, (laughs) is about embodiment, and every year just finds newer and more delightful ways to embody whatever I see and whatever I experience.
0: It's really fun. Like, yeah, I mean, between Rolfing and cranial sacral, some of the Chinese medicine, five elements, aspects and Qigong, it seems like um, you're able to experience or watch the energy sort of move through somebody else's body. And so how does it sort of translate into like a long distance healing? Like, what is that like for you?
1: Oh, the long distance healing. Okay. <laughs> this is where It's hard to put I'm words healing, to it. Yes, well I've tried to describe it, my experience while I'm doing it because it's very mysterious for me. Uh, I, when I ever thought about people doing long distance healing, I always thought that everybody knew exactly what they were doing and could feel what they were doing. And my experience has been, I don't know. I'm just there with the intention of channeling this heart, universal heart energy through the crown of my head down to my arms and out my hands to an empty table um, and, a, and a selenite wand that's holding the energies of the people that are participating in the session. Um, and so it's all in my imagination. I can't, I'm not really feeling anything while I'm doing the work other than I feel a little bit of a rotation in my third eye. Sometimes I feel my hands get a little um, big, uh, similar to when you're practicing Qigong, my hands feel big. But that's it. And then I get feedback from people after the session's over where they're saying, wow, you know, I felt all this tingling, I saw all these colors, Um, I was my legs were bouncing all over the place and it always surprises me the feedback i get
0: um so go ahead yeah i think that's kind of where we're at in 2021 where we don't need to have a full definition of a certain experience um uh, and, and it sounds like you're working mostly in a group setting, so there's many different perspectives sort of experiencing this sort of um, healing experience. And then it makes sense that there's not quite a lot of uh, specific descriptive sort of words <laughs> or that you would have them <laughs> or somebody else would. It's hard yeah. to talk about, but um, it's I hard think to talk kind about. of the hands-off approach of like not getting in there mentally and defining everything. I think that's part of the secret is to sort of let it happen. And then, you know, somebody will say, I felt great, which is probably something I said, (laughs) you know, like I just give this one word and other people are like, you know, my legs are bouncing all over the place. And, you know, it's, I think that's, um, Kind of what's happening to folks in in twenty twenty one these days is that a spiritual experience could be that that simple, just where you feel good, or you uh, have full body experience, or you know somebody's you know working on you remotely. Um, how I kind of think about it is that you know over eons, people have been praying for each other. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know you didn 't call up your friend and say, "Okay, when I hang up the phone i 'm going to start praying for you like you don 't do that you just do you just do your prayer, whatever that is, and um yeah. you don 't call them up after you 're done and say okay i 'm done." <laughs> sent a big message <laughs> a prayer out to the big guys upstairs like you you we don't do that, and so um, there's been a lot of prayerful, probably experiences. Or isn't that the same as a long distance healing? It's uh, it's pretty close. It's kind of in the same area of spiritual. Yeah, I guess. yeah.
1: What What I'm finding is it's the the main practice for me in this right now is to keep out of the way and just let yeah. the thing happen by itself. I have to I have to step back and stop trying to interfere. With my my agenda, whatever that is, you know, or or like, oh, I need to go over here and flail my arms this way and that way. No, just let them go. Just let them. Just follow what's coming. So that's the main practice: is just getting out of the way.
0: So far. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think so. But what? What? Yeah. And and the narrative I have, I'm telling myself is I'm 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 uh, working with plasma.
0: And I'm calling Ooh, I like it that. love plasma. I like love that. <laughs> I like that. It's like there's not a lot of energy on that word. No, it's a pretty neutral
1: word. And yeah. when I first learned about plasma only like two years ago, something I was really surprised at. Plasma is the fourth state of matter. Solid, liquid, gas, plasma. Lightning is Plasma. Neon lights are plasma. Anything like um, the uh, northern lights is it plasma. Mm. So pla- the sun is plasma. And there's even a theory that the center of the earth is made of plasma. So when I do my grounding meditation, I connect to the plasma at the center of the earth and the plasma of the sun as if they're like all one continuous thing. Um, so... <laughs> when I was getting this download for this this work, all of a sudden I decided, oh, I'm going to go look up plasma on the internet, <laughs> and I found a diagram on Wikipedia of a uh, theory theoretical diagram of what plasma looks like. And how do I describe this? Anyway, it's a diagram of the plasmic field, and I went, oh my god. That is exactly the gesturing that I'm doing during these sessions. And it was, it was such a confirmation for the work. It was like all, to me, it felt like made up. And then when I saw this diagram on Wikipedia, I went, that's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, incredible.
0: <laughs> you know, you have to get your validation where it comes from, wherever it comes from. Even if it's Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> if it <laughs> but it is very helpful. Yeah. I mean, I do wake up in the morning with, you know, a Google search to do, usually most mornings. Um, so however <laughs> it happens. Um, right. you know, I, I just find it fascinating. It, and it comes back to kind of what I was uh, mentioning in the beginning of the show is that, you know, we've been asking for more energy or, or asking for, kind of a bigger wave to be a part of. Um, And I think you're kind of um, in the middle of discovering, you know, what that is and that we're um, able to experience energy in so many different ways. And I I just kind of like what you're doing with this long distance energy uh, work and getting out of the way.
1: Right. It's interesting because, you know, people describe a uh, uh, big buzzword these days is light workers. We're all light workers. And like when you say that to somebody who, who doesn't do any kind of uh, energy practice, it's like, what the, what does that mean? Light worker. And there's so many ways to think about it. But for me, it's like, it's con, it's really concrete with this working with plasma because plasma is light. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah, and then learning the the to channel colors through my imagination and channeling colors through tissue that I learned in the in the qigong practice uh, helps too with the light because light is color.
0: Yeah, I color that was kind is of my that's kind of how I started with this uh, color stuff very very early on, um, and when I've even had other. Uh, spiritual experiences, it's always been marked by some giant color. <laughs> so, oh. I, I, you know, so I i just kind of think, I just thought it was really juvenile of myself. <laughs> like everything <laughs> goes back to crayons and like the 64 box of Crayola crayons. But, you know, it, it just doesn't matter what that is for someone, um, how, how it kind of gets in. But, it, you know, the colors found me. Uh, early on and I just sort of kept playing with them but uh, I want to ask like how you started like spiritual journey like how'd you start I mean now we're we're talking to you you know 20 years into you know different modalities and practices but like how did you sort of get into being interested in in you know energy work Uh. or energy at all hmm we were saying before that, the show that, like, awakening and th- sometimes people call it the quickening or sometimes people have, like, a, you know, a big near-death experience sort of situation. Um, but what was that like for you?
1: Well, okay. Some people get hit hit over the head with the big hammer of Thor um, <laughs> when it's time for them to awaken. And I always... my. My little ego is always telling me, "You're not awakened, and you're not going to be awakened." Just don't even think about it. <laughs> but I then I had a, an astrology appointment earlier this week, and the, and the astrologer asked me, "Well, what happened to you when you were 14?" And I went, "What?" And I started thinking about it. Oh, that's when I discovered. Carlos Castaneda and shamanism and the magic of the unseen world, and I I think that was a seed that got planted in me—a seed of desire of of uh, playing in the world of um, gods and, and spirits and all that kind of stuff. But uh, what was it? Yeah, I I, I would do try things, and then they would never really go anywhere. Um, then I went back to my conventional self, okay, be the good little girl, do a job, you know, blah, 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 until finally, when I was close to 40, I decided I have to had to do something different, and that's when I started going to massage school. So, it just feels like ever since I was 14, I've had this seed planted and just slowly, incrementally, one day at a time, I'm getting more and more enlightened. And I expect that to continue to happen until I pass on to the big, big light in the sky. <laughs> um, so I was not one of those people that got hit over the head. <laughs> and so I can't, I'll go, okay, well, is that okay? Yeah, of
0: course it's okay.
1: Anything, Everything is just exactly perfect the way it was
0: meant to be. Yeah, it seems like it's tailored to each person and what sort of yeah. works with their makeup. Um, yeah. It's just that sometimes we hear these stories of these sort of dramatic events and um, it can be super subtle too, um, you know, reading really yeah. a... Carlos Castaneda book or some other type of book. Um, for me it was a coloring book. We were camping. It was like wow. um, uh, nineteen seventy-six or seventy-seven, and I I was pretty young and maybe eight or nine. I don't can't do math right now. And um on one side the book was all about like werewolves and vampires and I don't know, just different sort of stories of of uh, villains and um, you know, these uh, horrific uh, characters and you flipped it over upside down and it was all about ESP and this was for kids. And I, you know, we went to this general store around the campground. I don't know. So I don't even know how it really got there um, and how I've never, I never saw it again in in my travels. Uh, It was I, I don't even know who put it out. Like it was an ARE or, or something like that, <laughs> like an Edward, Edgar Casey Foundation document yeah, uh, book right. <laughs> thing. It wasn't like that. And um, it looked like a regular like coloring book, like now you're going to color in a vampire, whatever. And you flipped it over and it was all about ESP. And I was like, oh, this is great, <laughs> you know, extra sensory yeah. perception. And how do I get that? How am I going to get that? I'm going to have to get that. Um, and uh, like you say, that seed of desire was like, oh, I'm getting that thing. Like, yeah. and I'm not sure if the word psychic was even in that uh, book booklet, but um, I just knew I had to get the ESP nailed down as soon as possible. Which <laughs> just makes no sense. Um, you know, I just I thought it was pretty average. Uh,
1: so you were pretty intuitive though, right? Even Super though
0: intuitive. Like yeah. I just knew I needed the ESP, you know, that was going to have to happen for me like now. <laughs> it was really funny. So um, I wish I still had that, that booklet. I kept it forever. And then now I don't know what happened to it, but um, that it was, yeah, it yeah. was basically my Carlos Castaneda book.
1: Right, right. I, was, I remember at the same time that I was doing this, reading this Carlos Castaneda, I walked into the library when I was at high school, and I found a book called Black Magic, White Magic. Ugh. And I went, oh, I want this. This is what I want so much. <laughs> but I opened it up, and I and I read it. Just I, I started reading it, and it just didn't make, it was like boring, so I just put it back I
0: really wanted to make, do magic. Yeah, I think the magic part of life. I think we like that idea of it, and I think um, it's a lot more subtle, and it's happening all the time.
1: Absolutely. It, Every, yeah, we perform magic with our with our thoughts.
0: I have yeah. been, that's my latest practice is to really look at what I'm thinking and try to be a witness or just back off from whatever raff I was thinking about and, and kind of come yeah, back catch to yourself. catch myself. And it's, yeah. I am finding that I think a lot of us out there, not just me, we're catching ourselves sooner. Um Right. And, Absolutely. and sooner and sooner yeah and kind of making these adjustments during the day and not getting into some sort of negative space for a long period of time maybe it's 20 minutes instead of three hours <laughs> something like that um uh-huh. yeah yeah the,
1: the more people that are able to do it the easier it is for everybody else because you're picking up on the field yeah yeah so the tell field me about itself the- is
0: changing yeah, tell me about that. Where are your thoughts about the field or fields of energy around the Earth? Mm,
1: let's say let's say the biggest field of all is consciousness. Yeah right? So let's call for the, the sake of just right now. the The universe is conscious, right? And so we are solid form, our bodies are solid forms of consciousness. So we each have our own, yeah, we each have our own individual piece of that consciousness, but we're still in the field. We're still embedded in the entire field of consciousness. I think that's why we respond as a population, like a global population, to where the planets are you know, what Jupiter's doing or what Uranus is doing. um, Because the whole entire field of the universe is, is conscious consciousness. And so we are participating in the evolution of consciousness. Consciousness is constantly in a state of awakening to itself.
0: That's the Kabbalistic outlook. Yeah. It's such a big thing to say. And yet um, yeah. we're in it, we're and in we it, can't get away from is. it. Yeah. No.
1: Um, we're not so, separate. Yeah, and, right. And then so if you, you um, then narrow down to our own personal field, each person has is a universe into itself, right? So everyone, if, if, if the universe is infinite, every point in the universe is the center of the universe, so we are the center of the universe, and we are. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> yeah, you're the center of the universe. I'm the center of the universe. We can all walk around being centered.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the more you get into meditation, or the more you sort of explore that area if you just focus on yourself and your meditations, you'll end up out in the universe. <laughs> or if mm-hmm. you start out like way out of your body, you're floating around the planets, which I've done those meditations on the show before. And you come back, it's like you're, if you go out, you'll end up back in. <laughs> if yes, you leave your body, yes, yes. you're coming back.
1: Right. Yeah. And this is, um, I know you've been interested in Ram Dass lately. I wrote down a yeah. quote of his that, that's good. Uh, this is my theme for the time being right now. He said, as long as you think what you're looking for is outside yourself, it will never be enough. So we find, yeah. yeah, we find the bigness by going deep. Yeah. I know, it's so weird. It's such a loop. Yeah, it's the big paradox. And that's when you know something is really true, is when it's
0: a true paradox. Yeah, it's that infinity symbol all over again. Mm -hmm. So uh, Mm -hmm. over the years, I've been really interested in just kind of the symbols around math and the energetic sort of vibrations of numbers. And I I know you and I have had conversations about that. And um, it just seems like there's so many systems that you could just pick one and get into that. (laughs) And it will lead you to this sort of bigger uh, experience of the universe or yourself, either one is fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anything, anything is a portal. Yeah. Yeah. Anything can be a portal. Yeah. So you're talking about numbers. Um, that's one of the things I'm working with right now, as far as relating to the tarot right. is the energy behind the numbers. So, um, it's also con- it's also working with the tree of life kabbalah stuff because they're they work and it's not really numerology I'm not really doing numerology but I'm learning what the basis was of numerology yeah um so and I'm re- I'm trying to relate it back to the series of 10 sessions in rolfing and magic there's this thing about the numbers um, where they tell a story, like the number one is about the individual. The number two is about the law of attraction, you know, two two mm-hmm. things coming together. And then the number yeah. three is about creation. So what happens when two things come together? They create a third thing. And so every number has its own energy. Uh, so I'm working with that as far as trying to, Run those numbers through the body with movement similar to Qigong. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a system that I'm like about ready to launch. Um, it works for me. And this <laughs> is a, a way of embodying the energy of the numbers. Pretty crazy. But so, but so that's... the movements I'm doing,
0: go ahead. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I mean, this is, I think this is how a lot of us um have been working out there. So you have your sensitive psychic healer person out there doing their stuff, getting into taking a class or not taking a class, you know, uh, getting rid of everything. <laughs> all your books, all your new age stuff, like throw it all out. And then, you know, two years later, you're back doing some other practice. And I think why I I kind of keep coming back to this idea of a metaphysician or um, metaphysical or, or that word of metaphysics, um, you know, other folks say multiverse or, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's more than just one one thing it's it's comes back to that infinity symbol over and over again and um so mm-hmm. we have these numbers and for eons people have been creating the numbers you know there was a pbs special about like the number 9 <laughs> and it was just oh, amazing nine about is amazing like, yeah, and, you know, I'm a fan of all these numbers. And if you think about it, these numbers are talking to us all day long. And, you know, some of us are into what the angel numbers are or just whatever that numbers are. Sometimes the way they string together, I like, you know. Um, yeah. And so um, it's almost like a number and a color could almost be the same type of thing because you're looking at the vibration behind them. and mm-hmm. um, yeah. But again, you're using Tarot as well. So you're looking at several systems at once, Qigong, Five Elements, Tarot, and kind of putting it all together in this distilled way where it's usable. Um, I, I think that's really amazing.
1: Yeah, I think what's, what's happening is I'm studying a lot of ancient uh systems like really old shamanic type stuff i'm trying to bring it up to date like qigong you know in in in, um asia you're not allowed to even teach qigong until you've been practicing for like 20 years you know yeah and um now it's like no we don't have enough time we got to get this out there doesn't matter if you're perfect at it, just show it. You know? Yeah. Let people be exposed. And and I think information is transferring a lot faster.
0: Yeah, I do I think, think that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's flowing in the field a lot a lot quicker now. Yeah. Um yeah. So
0: Yeah. It just I, I so again <laughs> Like we said at the top of the show, it's like we asked for the big wave, and here it is. So let's do something with it. And it doesn't need to be perfect, but just do us something. (laughs) You know, pick a system, maybe enjoy it, uh, maybe talk about it, um, maybe get into it, maybe show others. Um, I think uh, the days of being... um, the little hermit in the cave, and not sort of talking about your metaphysical stuff or whatever you're going to call it, uh, your light worker stuff or the energy healer right. stuff. Um, you know, I've used many words for what I call myself over the years, and, um, and none of it's worked and none of it's help, helped at all. <laughs> you know, when somebody is in crisis, they will seek you out if you're a healer. You're going to get the call. Mm. You're going to get the call. Somebody's going to refer you to somebody oh my god you have to talk to this person and to me that's like such a gift like oh my god they found me after all this hiding i've been doing (laughs) i've been a professional hider you know for 40 years like no i can't do that anymore like we should be available to each other and and hopefully we can do that a little bit more as as the years sort of start to unfold um, but Kathy, any last words before we wrap up on surfing the psychic waves?
1: Any last words? The plasma network, the global plasma plasma network, is uh, is there for you to join. That would be my last. Okay. Word. All right. Join join the light plasma world.
0: Okay. So uh, I love that. So that's great. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We really enjoyed uh, talking about your travels through uh, the spiritual, metaphysical stuff. And uh, thank you for showing us what an energy healer looks and sounds like and what it feels like. Uh, we really appreciate that. So thanks so much for surfing the psychic waves with us today. Up next is Venus Antrax.